0: Thanks, thanks, no, really, thanks, thanks, no, I mean it, thanks, thanks, we're going to concentrate on that word this morning for a while, we could all say it together. Thanks. We could even say it again. Thanks. Turn to someone and say, Thanks. You got them wondering now. T H A N K S. Not only do we not know much about that word, not only do we not have it in regular usage, but we don't really know how to react or respond to it. The looks on most faces when I just said thanks told the whole story for me. T H A N K, S, if you get nothing else this morning, get this. What are you thankful for? I am going to get you to do some thinking now, because you're going to help me with this message in, in, in huge detail. What is one thing that you are thankful for, and you can put it in one word, and it starts with T? Turkey? Turkey? Togetherness. Come on, shout it out. Not one word. Touchdown. Time. touchdown. 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 Don't be too spiritual. I mean, Time. Turkey and touchdown. Time. Time. Turkey. Today. If, today. Set it right out, because I have the mic and you don't, so I can't hear you. Trinity. What was it? Trinity. 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 Trinity? What was it? Bruce. Okay. Okay. What is one thing, so some of you are thankful for some things that start with T. What is one thing that you are truly thankful for? It starts with H. Home, Help. health, Harry. <laughs> I think you're one on the phone on the outs, the phone on the outside of the building, way back. On the, oh yeah. <laughs> it starts with H. Heaven. Hmm. Hands, okay. I'm just going to say, okay, because I can't hear some of the people. Something else starts with H. Hands, heat. I think I heard that. Heat, did you say heat? Yeah, heat. Okay, I thought you said feet. Uh, so, what's one thing that you really, truly thankful for that starts with A? America. America. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Starts with A. Accepted. Acceptance. Starts with A. Starts with A. Yeah, I know she said it four times. I've said okay every time. Angels. (laughs) Angels. One word. Thank you. Thanks. Anyone else? Quickly. What's something that you are truly thankful for that begins with the letter N? Okay. Nature. Nature? Good. Nice. Nice. We have to work on this, don't we? What is something you're truly, truly thankful for that begins with the letter K? Kids? Kindness? Knowledge. Okay. King? King? starts with K. Where are you, romantics? There you go. I was sure I'd be the first one. What do I know? Anything else? Start with K. Okay, I know your knees What's something you're truly thankful for now that starts with S? Salvation. Surgery. <laughs> Salvation. Salvation. Savior. Savior. Sight. Cerenity. Serenity. One word. Security. Okay. Something else. Today's scripture is found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. And I hesitate to go there because it might be somewhat familiar to some or to most. And those are the kind of portions of scripture that we seem to always get tied up in because we think we know what it's really saying and yet we don't get the personal application that is meant by it. So if you would, in your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 17. If you have your Bible app, whatever, or follow on the screen with me, we'll try to read it together. We're going to start to read at verse 11. This is a story told about another one of those journeys that Jesus was on and uh, So I think it's good and clear, and hopefully everybody can read, and I'd love for you to read along with me. Uh, We're just going to read about nine verses, all right? Starting at verse 11, and, and let's try to really get the picture that's being painted here, and let's see Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. He's traveling along the border here between Samaria and Galilee. So here, read with me. Now, on his way... Now, he was going into a village. That was another version I was just reading about a half hour ago. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said... Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God, in a... He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Let's read that again. Were there not? Where? Could we read that together, like all together, one more time? Were there not? Someone reading Clintens, te cleansed, and could we read it one time so we all hear what it's being what's being said? Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? 18. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? A foreigner. Huh. And 19. Then he said to him, I got to tell you right now, sit tight because there are about 12 sermons in that portion of scripture. I've been pulling words here for two weeks, just trying to bring it down to one basic message that will work. I will tell you this as a way of confession, that over the decades, personally, I've found that the toughest sermons to preach are sermons during holiday seasons. I've said this over and over. My family's heard me say it. Todd and I've shared the same sentiment whether it's Christmas or Easter or Mother's Day or maybe even Father's Day, Labor Day, 4th of July, whatever, the hardest thing to do is to preach a sermon that isn't already cliched or canned or just plain boring. And it's boring because no matter what you hear, whether you heard it before or not, you've heard it before. You know what's coming. And i got to say that Thanksgiving is included in my short list. Because we all know we should be thankful. I've been working on the word thanks already this morning. Has anybody noticed? Okay. And we all know we should be thankful. And we all know that we are, let's be honest now, we've got to be really honest with each other this morning. We're not really as thankful as we should be. We're not really thankful in life enough. But because the spirit and practice of gratitude are such an important part of our lives, then sermons, even the more difficult ones such as this one is or will be, are a necessary reminder in our lives of those key values which make our lives fulfilling as we live them before God, our Creator. Even if it means we have to look, again, being cliched, predictable, canned, or boring one more time one more time imagine this scene a man of somewhere in the range of 35 to maybe late 30s or 40 has been off for the weekend attending a man a men's spiritual growth conference while he's away listening to speakers kind of introspectively looking into his own life now after a few decades he realizes that he's never once told his father that he loves him and, and in my experience in life dealing with people uh, this i found this uh, i find this not to be the exception it's more often the rule than it is the exception it's unbelievable So he decides during this conference, at some point, when the Holy Spirit obviously was working in his heart, that when he gets home, he's going to do just that. So the conference ends. He makes his way back to his place. He isn't there very long. He picks up the phone, and he calls his parents home. Wouldn't you know it, Dad answers the phone. (laughs) Hi, Dad, it's me. Oh, um, hi, son, I'll go get your mother. No, no, dad, don't get mom. It's you I want to talk to. There's a pause. Why, do you need money? No, dad, it's just I've been remembering a lot about you, dad. And the things you did for me. And working all those years to help me get through college and supporting me in my life. And, you know, my life's going fairly well right now. And and I know it's because of what you did to get me started in life. And I never really thought about it before. And I've just been thinking about it. And I realize I never really said to you, thank you. Dad? Silence on the other end of the phone. Not knowing, the son continued. I want to tell you, Dad, thanks. And I love you. There's probably somebody in this room right now that needs to make that call. I'm not talking about texting, I'm talking about human voices. And by the way, that phone conversation ended like this. Son, you've been drinking? (laughs) I think Thanksgiving, see, I don't think Thanksgiving is a holiday. I don't think Thanksgiving is a one-day shot. I think Thanksgiving is living a life with an attitude of gratitude all the time. And I think it's best done in, four, in a four-step process. This is why I said it's going to be different than any Thanksgiving message you've ever heard, certainly way different than any message I've ever preached on Thanksgiving. And I want to just tell you that these steps are very, very simple. I'm even going to give you clues and cues and move you in to the first three quarters of this message very easily. The first 3 steps that I'm going to talk about, you can help me with this are stop, look, and listen. Let's say stay those together. Stop, look, and listen. So let's look at stop. Because stop is the stopping is the first step in Thanksgiving. If you notice in that text that we read together this morning, how Jesus healed the ten lepers. And let's just talk about leprosy for a moment. I don't think there's anything we could compare it to in our culture uh, some people have said, well, that was kind of the AIDS of that first century. And yes and no, it was, it was a dreaded disease. But I think it was even more, it was more contagious. It was more flesh eating. It was more of a death sentence than, than even AIDS. I'm not, I'm not minimizing that. But so highly contagious, you know, it could be caught merely by touching another person or touching something that other person touched. Since there was no antidote, leprosy would spread throughout that person's body and it would spread slowly but surely, progressing throughout the whole body until the person finally died. Not a pretty picture. And because of the horrific nature of this disease and the impending death that it always brought, it was seen as the absolutely worst thing that God could ever allow to happen to someone. To have it meant, first off, you're a total outcast. You have to live outside the city wall, in in or near the ash heap, in other words, the city dump. You're cut off from your family, your friends, your relations. To have it meant, as they believed in that day, They believe that the victim was in the most horrifying judgment of God. Here's how Luke records the event. I'm going to go back slowly through it. And if you have your Bible app there, just follow along. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he's going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. Why? Because they weren't allowed to come close to the general public. And they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And I love these next words. As they went, they were cleansed. As they were going, as they were in the act, of doing what he said and going to the priest to report they were cleansed. Because they couldn't have any contact with the priest in the condition they had been in. They couldn't come into the temple grounds. They couldn't be a- around any of, any of the religious ceremony. They, just could, they were outcasts, total outcasts. And these words popped out at me not too long ago again. As they went, that means as they were going, they were cleansed. We serve a wonderful God. Well, when Jesus healed these lepers, he wasn't just offering them a tissue for a runny nose. No. He literally changed, saved, and spared their lives. And what was their response? They just kept walking on, to show themselves to the priests. Quite a story, that. be a story worth telling if that was all there was to it. But one leper, one leper, was different. He came back to Jesus. Why? Because he went through the first step of thanksgiving. And the first step of thanksgiving is stop. Just stop. I'm thinking right now of people who have a hard time giving thanks because they're so wrapped up in their own little world. I'm thinking of a man, some of you may have heard the name. Some of you, if you're a real sports fan, you would have known the name even though he didn't play on the right team, he was one of my heroes as a child growing up, I remember following his career, a man by the name of Roy Campanella. Roy Campanella was one of the very first and certainly one of the finest African-Americans to play in the U.S. baseball major league scene, and in a very distinguished career, He won the Brooklyn Dodgers Most Valuable Player Award many times. And then, I think I got a picture of Roy, and uh, that's not very nice, tagging out a Yankee. Uh, Whoever put that picture, that's a better one, whoever put that picture up. (laughs) That was quite a rivalry. Uh, And in 1955, his team He was on that team that won the World Series. That's a picture from the 55 World Series. But in January of 1958, his career was cut short immediately after a horrendous car crash left Roy Campanella a complete quadriplegic. After he was injured, he spent a lot of time in a place called the Institute of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation in New York City. One day, Roy stopped to read a gold-colored plaque on one of the walls there in the Institute, and for someone who had been blessed with such great athletic gifts, it really resonated, resonated within deeply within him, and it changed him forever, And it read like this. And I thought maybe you and I could read it together. We might find ourselves somewhere here. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn to humbly obey. I asked for health that I might do great things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches, that I might be happy. I was given poverty, that I might be wise. I asked for power, that I might have the praise of others. I was given weakness, that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things, that I might enjoy life. I was given life. I got nothing I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among men most richly blessed. Let's say that again. I am among men Imagine, can you imagine having a star-studded career like Roy Campanella and then finding yourself sitting in a crude wheelchair as a complete quadriplegic, reading the words you just read? One leper was different. He came back to Jesus. Why? Because he went through the first step of thanksgiving. Stop. Verse 15 said, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God. How? In a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And this is not just a parenthetical little phrase. and he was a Samaritan. Samaritan were not allowed to even be in that part of the world. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise, go, your faith has made you well. In the message it says, your faith has made you well and saved. You are clean now, outside and inside, today and forever. Why did he stop? Because he experienced step two. Stop. What's step two? Look. See, he looked at what happened. How do I know that? Because the Bible says he saw that he was healed. Did the others experience the same thing? Of course. Did they stop? Did they look? They just went along their merry way, heading to see the priests. Verse 17 just kind of burns. It sears that message into my head. Were there not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? You think Jesus doesn't know where they are? Of course he does. He's pointing up a human failure here. Now before we judge, if it's a human failure, then I'm included and I would only presume that you are too. We've got what we call a 90-10 situation here. We've got one person, the 10%, giving thanks and recognizing where that healing power has come from. We have the rest, that other 90%, who just keep going merrily on their way, ignoring the miracle that just took place. I want to ask you something right now, in your life, where you are, right this week, coming into Thanksgiving week as we call it, 2019. I want to ask you to ask yourself, get into your own mailbox of your mind and of your heart, and I want you to ask yourself, where am I? Am I a one or am I a nine? Which team am I on? Am I on team one, I hope? Or have I been on team nine? And when Jesus says, were there not ten healed? You say, well, maybe he didn't heal them all. He just healed. No, were there not ten healed? Where are the nine? Why did he stop? Because he saw, he looked, and realized, He was healed. Stop. Look. See what God's doing in your life. And then the third step to thanksgiving, stop and look, is what? Listen. The best listener... This is for your notes, even though it won't be on the screen. The best listeners are the ones who are most open to hearing what others have to say. The best listeners are those who are open to hear what others have to say. See, I'm a pretty good listener. Hearing and listening are two different things. The best listeners are those who are most open to hearing what others have to say. When the Samaritan leper was healed, after he stopped, and after he looked, believe me, he was all ears. He wanted to hear more. You say, how do you know that? Because he ran to Jesus. He got there as fast as he could. The Bible says he threw himself at Jesus' feet. Why? To hear more from the one whose initial words to him were words of healing. Having experienced physical healing. The Samaritan leper is running back to Jesus to hear even more. And what's he going to hear about now? He's going to hear about the grace of God. He's going to hear about love. He's going to hear about the new life that is his, that Jesus is offering to him. You see, the greatest healing, even today, is not physical healing. It's spiritual healing. And not only did he get healed physically, he's about to be healed completely and to learn more and more and more about that grace, that love, that life, that healing. So, stop. Look. Listen. Those are the first three steps of Thanksgiving. You're doing well. What's the last one then? It's so simple, we all could miss it. So why don't I just give it to you? And some of you are trying to take notes. Bless your heart. That must be something to see. The fourth step is simple. Thank God. Remember Jesus' words to the Samaritan leper? He said, we're not all ten clans. Where are the other nine. And then he said, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner, this stranger? Through the miracle of Jesus... The Samaritan learned four steps to thanksgiving. And through his experience, we learn the same four steps, which are stop, look, listen, and thank God. Or you could put in there praise God. Interchangeable. I like both. But I'm wondering. I said what I'm wondering. It's simple, isn't it? Maybe it's too simple and we'll just fall over it and forget it. But, but I hope not. So I ask you this question. Stop, look, listen, and thank God or praise God. Have you been using this in your life? Maybe it's the application of these steps that will keep this Thanksgiving sermon that you're hearing that came from who knows what planet from merely being another cliched, canned, predictable sermon on Thanksgiving and nicety. In fact, let's practice it right now. Step one is... That's right. You need to go home, you need to look in the mirror, just you, get alone. You know, people who talk to themselves and look in the mirror, you know, they, they're, sometimes there are issues. So just make sure it's kind of a secure area. And as you look in the mirror, I want you to say one word, stop, That's all I want you to say, let's stop everything. Let's stop the rat race. Let's stop that swirling action in your head that's going on right now. You're planning. Somebody here is wondering what Thanksgiving dinner is going to be like and how's everything going to turn out? Am I going to have enough food? And Is there going to be a place for everybody? And is everybody going to be nice? And is it all going to be peaceful? And is everybody, uh, have they sworn not to talk about politics? And are we, you know, if you want to ruin a Thanksgiving dinner, have one person start on the politics and away we go. I'm a game for that, but most people aren't. They're a little sheepish. Step one, stop. See, that's why we don't look and listen. Because we never take time to stop. Notice this message is very we inclusive. That means you guys and I. Okay, what was step two? Look. Let's look to see what God has done in our lives. As you look at your life and really take a look at it, what things are we thankful for? And we did a little bit of this when I was trying to prompt you there early on in the message. You didn't get too far with that. But anyway, maybe it has started something in your head, and you'll be thinking about that through the day, and maybe through the week, and that would be great. But we did a little bit of that. What was that? Looking at things I should be thankful for. And I'll even allow you to have multi-syllable words. I'll even allow you to have two and three and four words if you want. I don't even care if they start with T-H-A-N-K-S. Just what things are you thankful for in your life? Let's concentrate on that as we do our looking. What was the third step? Listen. Listen. What is it? Some of you still trying to figure this out that God wants you to hear about his plan, his goodness, his direction and his love for you. This healed Samaritan, he didn't complicate it. He was a smart dude, I'll tell you. He knew the only way he could discover this was simply do what? Rush back to Jesus. Get back to Jesus. And when it says he fell at his feet, that simply means in humility he's respecting this man as a great and wise teacher, and he has much to learn. And at that day, that was the custom, to sit at the feet of the, of the wisest person and to learn. That was how they learned. That was educating. And that's what he did. And so he stopped, he looked, he listened, and he ran back, giving praise to God. Step four, that's it. Let's thank God for all he's done. All He will do. Let's thank God for actually working in our lives. Has God ever worked in any way in your life? See, I'm still waiting. I got a word for you here in a moment. Let's thank God for all He's done. Let's thank God. Let's, Let's just be open and honest this morning. And let's go ahead in a moment and thank God for all he's going to do. We don't know what that is, but we know he will deal with us. So whether it's your life or mine, hmm. let me tell you why I think we as, especially born-again Christians, living in a constitutional republic, living in a sort of a system of democracy, living in relative freedom compared to the rest of the world, able to assemble, have church, lift up the name of our God, trust Him, serve Him, live for Him, love Him, thank Him on a regular basis. There's a problem, I think, that creeps into our lives. And for lack of anything better, I'm going to use the word Familiarity, let me illustrate, two old friends met each other on the street one day and one looked kind of forlorn down, almost on the verge of tears. So his friend, they were close, they could talk to each other openly. His friend asked, what what has the world done to you, my old friend? Good question. The sad fellow said, well, let me tell you. Three weeks ago, my uncle died. And he left me $40,000. That's a lot of money. Yeah, sure is, said the forlorn friend. But you see, two weeks ago, a cousin I I never even knew. I don't even know if I knew I had that cousin died and left me eighty-five thousand dollars free and clear. His friend said, sounds to me that you you you've been very, very blessed and particularly in these last few weeks. You you don't understand. The forlorn man interrupted. He said last week my great aunt passed away and I inherited from her estate almost a quarter of a million dollars. Now the man's friend is really confused. Then then then, then tell me why do you look so glum? And the man answered. Well, this week, nothing. (laughs) That's one of the most powerful examples that I've ever heard. To address the problem that you and I have with receiving... Regular blessings from God on a regular basis. We get all down in the dumps over some little passing thing, or maybe it's some big passing thing, and we just totally throw out all the good that God is doing and has done and plans to do in our lives. You know, maybe you're saying, I don't deserve the comfortable place where I'm living, the beautiful scenery around me, the clean water I drink, the, you know, whatever. But often receiving those gifts, and as a, look, a multitude of others. We could stand here for another hour just listing them. For years and years and years and years, sometimes I fail to be grateful. I've come... To expect good things. And when one of them is removed, even for a short time, like water or electricity, or oh my word, if your internet goes down, we get upset, man. Do you? Do you get upset when the internet goes down? Here's what I'm trying to point out to you. Maybe it's too late for some of us, I don't know. But let's make an effort today to recognize the blessings we've come to take for granted. Let's focus on what we have rather on what we don't have and see if it doesn't improve our attitudes dramatically going forward for the rest of our lives. And remember that whole inscription that Roy Campanellis read and that he saw and that we read together. You read it to me, I read it to you. It was heart wrenching, wasn't it? Hmm. And so I say one more time I'm hoping that this won't just be another Thanksgiving message. I hope it'll be a call to action. And I hope that we can, I can trust myself and you can trust me and we can trust each other that we can pray a prayer and seal this with God today. Step four. Let's thank God for all He's done. Let's thank God for all He will do. Let's thank God that He's in our lives. And let's thank God That he wants to always be in your life and mine. So recently, I found this Thanksgiving prayer. I'd like to share the prayer with you. And what I mean by that is, I'd like to lead you in this prayer today, if that's okay with you. Okay? We're good? No, 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 no. Don't take it lightly because I want to tell you something as I stand before you. I need this prayer. So I don't want to just assume you do and I don't want to bore you with my praying. How many of you really think that you could pray this prayer with me? I'm going to ask that we bow quietly or whatever your prayer posture is. And just repeat after me. Dear God, Thank you, thank you for praying with me. I want to thank you for what you've already done. I'm not going to wait until I see results or receive rewards. I'm thanking you right now. I'm not going to wait till I feel better or things look better. I'm thanking you right now. I'm not going to wait till people say they're sorry or until they stop talking about me. I'm thanking you right now. I'm not going to wait until the pain in my body disappears. I'm thanking you right now. I'm not going to wait until my financial situation improves. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait till the children are asleep and the house is quiet. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait till I get promoted at work or until I get that job. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until I understand every experience in my life that has caused me pain or grief. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until the journey gets easier or the challenges are removed. I'm thanking you right now. I'm thanking you because I'm alive. I'm thanking you because I made it through the week's difficulties. I'm thanking you because I've walked around the obstacles. I'm thanking you Because I have the ability and the opportunity to do more and do better. I am thanking you because you've not given up on me. God, thank you for being so good to me. Continue to enable me to stop, look, and listen. And I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Dear friend, as some of you have noticed lately or maybe even uh, have read this little... Reminder, pray when you feel like worrying and give thanks when you feel like complaining and keep going when you feel like quitting. Jesus loves you. I love you. Faith Community Fellowship loves you. Stop, look, listen, and thank God. Have a joyful, grateful Blessed, thanksgiving, thanks, 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 thanks.